What's up and welcome into Lee Block. Happy Friday, everybody. My name is Tyler Walters. I'm your host alongside Matthew Anderson. Matthew, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. How about you? Good. Before we get started, go follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, at the lead underscore block. Go follow Matthew at MathChosen1 with the number one on Twitter and Instagram. And go follow myself on Twitter at TylerWaltersCNR. Happy Friday. We will start from the top with the college football rankings. It came out Tuesday. We haven't had a chance to talk about it. A, it sucks that they come out on Tuesday night at 9 o'clock. I, I think from now on it might be like 5 o'clock. I don't even know. But, I mean, coming out of Tuesday at 9, like, it, it's just really inconvenient, I guess, for us. And it's, it's weird, but I guess it's nice that the committee takes an extra day to figure out, like, all the little things that they have to measure out and make a legit ranking. I didn't realize that they watched quite as much film and stuff as they were doing. I think oh, yeah. the guys were saying it. I was like, oh, yeah, so they sit there and break this thing down like some analysts. Yeah. Uh, I, I hate the committee. I hate the idea. I think it's dumb. Um, people complain about the BCS. Yeah, I, I would. I think there should be... I, there's got to be some elements of a... Like, because people are so... It's so opinionated in how you look at a football team. And you've got 130-plus teams to rank. you got to figure out the top 25. And then those teams, you have to rank. And no matter how you rank them, there will be arguments. Um, and I don't know. I think just leaving it all up to just a group of people is it, a little weird. But anyway. Uh, and, and they're all, like, affiliated with schools and stuff. Like, the Oregon Athletics Director is the speaking head this, this year. Yeah. Um, Obviously, if your school is being discussed, you have to step out of the room while your school is being discussed and where they will be ranked, and then you can step back in. Uh, but we'll go, oh, it goes Ohio State, number one, LSU, two, Bama, three, Penn State, four, Clemson, five. I was surprised by two things. Um, really shocked that Clemson wasn't in the top four. B, really shocked that LSU is not number one. And I would say that Clemson... I'm shot while I'm shocked that they're not in the top four. I think the committee made the correct decision. Now that's going to be taken a little heavy coming from a South Carolina student, yeah. but uh, if you look at the product on the field this this year and what these teams have shown us, Penn, Penn State has been—I mean, they've just been better in Clemson. Clemson can't control their schedule, but in the end, it doesn't matter because both of these uh, LSU plays Bama this weekend, which we'll get to. And Ohio State has to play Penn State. So, and Clemson's over a one loss, any of these teams anyway. Right now, the only reason I think those four teams, you're ranking at this week, those four teams are all ahead of Clemson because they have been better up to this point than Clemson. And played, they've been more tested and they've played stronger competition. Um, but, so I, I can agree with them being out of the top five. Kind of, what do you think? Yeah. Well, one thing to think about is no matter what, uh, Clemson will drop down into that top four as soon as this week is over. Like you said, they play one another, uh, unless she plays Alabama. Yeah. Also, this Penn State-Minnesota matchup is going to be interesting. I think it's, it was crazy to me that Minnesota, although I know they're trying to schedule kind of whatever, they're way down at 17 while they're undefeated. Yeah. And Michigan's like 7-2, and, two and uh, Wisconsin 6-2 and two in there, uh, and even Kansas State 6-2 in there. 
way down. Like, because they're like, when you look at the thing, the undefeated Baylor is 12. And you That's exactly down. what I was about to say. And it's like Minnesota is uh, also undefeated. So, something I didn't like that. But besides that, it's kind of like, I don't, I don't really care. All I really care about who's in the top four, I don't really care about who plays, who is just matter of who's playing will be in the playoff. Yeah, that, that's the thing. I mean, I was I was quite uh, upset with it that LSU wasn't number one, all right? They've easily played the strongest uh, schedule in the country. And Ohio State's strongest game to this point has been Wisconsin, who lost to Illinois the week before. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I don't know how much you value. I guess, yeah, there's still a lot of value to the Michigan win that Wisconsin had. And I like Wisconsin. Um, I wish they were in this top four. But I don't. I just don't, like, how can you look at Ohio State's schedule and LSU's schedule and the teams that they have played, and they're both unbeaten, yet Ohio State has taken care of business against everyone, and they beat all the teams they should have beat by 50. They pretty much beat them by 50. Um, but LSU has played an immensely stronger schedule. And for anyone to kind of argue that, you would have to be, what are you thinking? I mean, they went to... Um, they went to Austin early yeah. in the season to play Texas, and uh, they beat them. And then they beat they beat Florida. That was at home, granted. And then they just beat Auburn at home. But Ohio State's went best ones are at home as well. Um, and that just kind of annoyed me. And I, I wanted to start with that. But I do think it's interesting that there were two from the SEC and two from the Big Ten versus having Clemson in. Yeah, that's kind of crazy there. Well, that goes to show you right there that as far as conferences, who are the top two conferences? Cause, and the thing about it, if you just go down to six, then you have three SEC teams. So Yeah. That's something there. Big Ten, it's really great. Really good year for the Big Ten right here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Big Ten has, has been – they've been inconsistently good the last few years. Big Ten's always a great conference. I mean, they're the – they're the best conference, you know. It's the SEC, and, and I'm obviously an SEC homer. It's, I've got SEC leaps and bounds above every other conference, and I always will. Um, but the Big Ten is right next to them, and I think they're, the gap between the Big Ten and the next conference is much larger than the gap between the SEC and the, the Big Ten. And there is no conference even close, and I think you would go this year, Pac-12 will be second, and or the, maybe the Big 12, excuse me, third. The Big 12 and Pac-12 are probably on the same level, Pac-10, yeah. whatever it is now, um, on that, that third tier. And then the ACC is just scraping the bottom of the barrel. I mean, the only thing they have is Clemson. Um, and Clemson's arguably the best team in the country, but that's, that is legitimately all they have. And the ACC is bringing Clemson down. From Clemson would be number one had they not played their schedule this year because I think they would probably be undefeated no matter what. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about as far as the TV and as far as the college football being a regional sport, that if it were to kind of be like this, you would have the whole entire west of, I don't know, Louisiana, just, I don't know where Alabama is and that. But, like, west yeah, of Louisiana wouldn't even pay attention to college football. And once it gets down to the playoffs, because none of their teams are competing. I feel like this has been happening year after year. I think that's why a lot of people were kind of hoping Notre Dame was going to be in the playoffs because, well, last year when they got in, they didn't do much. But a lot of people probably from that and side of the country root for Notre Dame because at least then it's kind of more spread out. Yeah, Notre Dame's probably the – I would say Notre Dame's probably the biggest national brand that n- you don't need a link to yeah. to root for. Yeah. I think most people have a link to root for their school. Maybe, you know, it's it's Ohio State is up there, but I think most Ohio State fans have some link to Ohio State, whether they lived in Ohio or some kind of connection. And Southern Cal, I think m- most people have a link to them somehow. And Texas, 
Texas could be up there maybe with Notre Dame. But I think Notre Dame, far and wide, is the biggest fan base, quote-unquote fan base. Uh, I don't think they have a lot of diehards. But they've got a lot of people who wear Notre Dame hat. All right, we'll move on. Um, First game of the week, Appalachia State's coming to Columbia Saturday night. Uh, South Carolina is a six-point favorite. App State rolls in 7-1 after losing last week um, on Thursday night, I believe. And biggest news of the week, we said we talked about this uh, on Friday's show. We said this Monday. Tavian Feaster did miss practice Tuesday with a groin injury. But he practiced on Wednesday. Uh, but I still I don't think he's going to play. Muschamp says he's a little gimpy and he's questionable for Saturday. Um, I don't I don't know if South Carolina will try to push it with Feaster. You're going to need him the next two games, and I think you as we talked on Monday's show that running back uh, room has proven to be deep enough to where you can get by. I mean you have Dowdle coming back this week. You can rely on Dowdle and Denson and Fenwick and whoever else to kind of make up for Feaster not being there, and, and I don't I don't see them playing Feaster. Denson, I was listening to Muschamp, he said something with Denson had something with his neck, but he still didn't take all the reps that he would have usually taken. Yeah, I, after watching last week, I'm really confident in the running back room, like you said, between Fenwick and those guys. So I think it'd be fine. I mean, maybe dress him out. Maybe dress him out just yeah. in case of emergency. I but think for so. For the well. most part, you got – I really like Fenwick. Like, I really watched like those, how he ran the ball. So I'd have um, – Obviously, Rico be my one. I don't know who who do you prefer, Mon or uh, Fenwick? Um, I think you're getting two different. I don't think I think Fenwick gives you the op, uh, the ability for an explosive play more than Montenson will. Yeah, that's what I think. Montenson's going to rely on his blocking, and he's low center, super low center of gravity. Um, he's not the tallest guy in the world, but he's maybe the most determined, and he's just kind of try to run the ball north and south and get you yards. And Fenwick has the ability, I think, more so to break a play open and have a big gain. I don't think you can go wrong either way with the two back. Rico's obviously the number one. Yeah, I would take Fenwick. So I'd have, obviously, Rico. And then Fenwick at two, then Denson. And maybe just uh, Tavian just in case. But And they also have, what's the guy's number 20? What's the running back who was hurt, torn ACL or whatever, end up coming back this season. Uh, not Turner. I, I know what you're talking about. Brandon, Brandon have to Glad you up. mentioned Turner. It's kind of crazy. I kind of forgot about him, but he's still hurt on defense now. Yeah, he he's came hurt. in as a cornerback. Uh, yep. He's really had a rough career. Like He started well. I guess it's probably freshman and sophomore year, but ever since then, he's been derailed by injuries. Yeah, AJ was really good when he was on the field. And then, unfortunately, I mean, it's kind of more so than Rico. The thing with Rico has been he's been fantastic when he's been on the field, but injuries have plagued him, which is tough to watch any one person get plagued by injuries. Um, luckily, Rico has been mostly okay this year. I mean, other than the little thing he's coming back from now, but it, it, that doesn't seem to be too big of a, a deal. And it looks like they kept him out last week as a precautionary measure. Um, oh, and so, the guy I was talking about was Kevin Harris. Kevin Harris. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He played. Uh, he played last last week. Yeah, he played yeah, last, last week. week. So if he can go there, you got three or four right there. So. Yeah, I think you're good. I think you're deep enough without Feaster that you don't need to push it. And I think that's the way they felt about Dowdle last week. So we'll see. Um, I, I don't see Feaster playing many snaps at all, if any. Uh, and more injury news, Muschamp, is we got Shy Smith back on the field this week for Carolina, um, and, or he's probable. And the guy we haven't seen all year, Kier Thomas, is back on the defensive line. 
Kier's back. Oh, wow. Well, he could have... Could he redshirt this year potentially? Get a medical redshirt? I think he can. Because he hasn't played. He had games like an yet. ankle infection. Yeah. For cool. most of the, there were this was a whole ordeal early in the season and and I I don't know if Muschamp knew exactly what happened. I don't think he or he did but did not describe it because several weeks in a row in his press conference he answered questions about Kier and it looked to be a whole fiasco with his ankle was infected and then it wasn't and then he had a reaction from the medication or something and, and it, it's he's had it sounds like Kier's had quite the whole ordeal with this ankle thing and it sucks for him so but now he's playing um he looks to like he's gonna play this week um and you're gonna add another piece to a defensive line that's proved to be very good this year I think only helps you I mean obviously but Kier's an unbelievable talent but when you add another guy like this mid-season who's fresh and healthy because I, I just don't believe they'd play him if he wasn't healthy I mean he's been out all year why would you even you know hurt risk hurting him right um I think he's ready to go and it gives guys like Kinlaw and Kobe Smith and some of those interior guys uh like a like time to like get us get out for a snap, you know. It's another guy you can sub on and off the field, and get your guys a, a breather on the inside, on the interior of that line. Um, Especially the big guys in the middle, you want to be able to rotate as much as possible. Yeah, and I would also love to see because you know they have, the, they have the new defensive line coach. Yes, how he, how him and Kier have got, maybe not got along, but how he understands his schemes and things of that nature. And if that's been really effective, then you might even get to see a better version of Kier Thomas. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, you, you absolutely might. Um, so, App State, I look. This is gonna be. It's, I don't even know what to think. South Carolina fans will think if Appalachian State wins this game. I think honestly, there are a lot of people who don't think South Carolina is going to win this game. Yeah. In this in the state and in, in uh, the fan base, um, I, I think there's a lot of doubt. And rightfully so, Appalachian State is a legitimate football team. Um, they're every bit as good as, as some of the teams like Tennessee. Uh, I don't. I don't think. I think Tennessee earlier in the season, App State would have walked all over. Uh, I've got some Tennessee stuff later in the show, but yeah, I, I. I don't think South Carolina fans are looking like App State. Looking at App State like they're going to roll over them. But you got to win if you want to make a bowl game. Um, I think the, the I don't know if it's the media or just people around here. They've kind of informed you to see, okay, like cautioned them, I guess you could say, that Appalachian State can't do this. So that therefore, if they do this, nobody will be surprised. But we've kind of been primed for it. I think that's what's going on. Because actually, from the more people I talk to, they're kind of like, yeah, we kind of kind of expect App State to either come here and make it a tight game or for them to win. It's hard for me to believe that App State will come here and win this game. Like it's not registering yet in my head. I know it's possible, but I'm almost 100 percent sure Carolina will win this game. Yeah, I, well, I. We talked about the line before the show. South Carolina is a six-point favorite. I don't know if South Carolina. I mean, six points is. I I don't I don't even know what to say. I mean, I I thought this game would be closer to, to like three, and I think early in the week it was at four. Uh, and South Carolina's kind of moved up to a six-point favorite, but I, I think I I thought it would be around three points just because it's in Williams Bryce. But if this game was in Boone, I mean, this is the only thing given South Carolina the kind of Vegas's favorite is the fact that it's under the lights and they're going to be 
set what South Carolina hopes to be 80,000 people in the stand Saturday night. Um, and, and I think that's going to be the difference in this game. And it's going to be a very hard-fought victory for either team. Um, we'll see how... I, I think Ken Law is going to be the real factor. I think you're going to look at him, and he has been in nearly every game. Ken Law and Holinsky. How well does Holinsky play? Is he still accurate? Is he his 24 for 30 or whatever he was last week? Or is he, you know, Missouri Holinsky where he couldn't hit the broad side of a bar? Yeah. So it depends on what you're getting out of your quarterback and what you get out of Rico Dattle and the running back room we just talked about. Um if you think about it from a recruiting standpoint, if you're recruiting SEC guys and they're not no slight to their defensive line, but they're not SEC type of guys no. where they would have been there, it's like there should be no reason to where you cannot overpower these guys. Also, if you reverse it, you talk about the South Carolina's defensive line and Appalachian State's offensive line. Appalachian State's offensive line is smaller. Yes. Not quite as big, but they're a lot smaller, but they're more athletic. And so it's going to be, if Kinlaw can just get through them, he could have a really big game today. Uh, oh, absolutely. Saturday. I mean, South Carolina's going to have to play tight on the corners because Appalachian State's not going to try to run the ball down your throat. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, and one other thing I wanted to say, I saw Thomas Brown tweet out earlier that, uh, who's the running backs coach here at USC, uh, tweet out that this is the only program in the nation with five rushers this year who have had 100-plus yard games. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot. Yeah. So five different running backs in South Carolina staff have had 100-plus uh, yard games this year, which is phenomenal, which goes back to what you were talking about earlier with the depth of this, uh, the depth of the running back room. Um, and I, I think South Carolina is going to have to try to play that brand of football again and try to pound it down Appalachian State's throat. Because the offensive line, while at times they've been – the run block has been pretty good this year. The, the pass blocking has been – pretty terrible yeah. uh, at times um, and I mean Olenski's gotten pressured a lot uh, but the run block has been pretty good I mean you, you have a lot of guys with 100 plus yard games um, and they've run they've ran the ball pretty well so I, I think you're going to have to just overpower Appalachian State almost because I mean you're I think they're outmatched like you were saying on the on in the trenches um, and that's going to be the key for this game as it is Usually every week, but this week more than more than ever, when you have a team as dangerous as Appalachian State, um, and, and this game means a lot to Appalachian State. So I think it's hard to, sometimes for big time programs to get up for these mid major, you know, Sun Belt Fun Belt schools, uh, and really get after it. But they're gonna have to find a way because I can guarantee you, Appalachian State is ready to go. These are the kind of games I remember coming to the USC Citadel game a couple years back whenever Citadel beat South Carolina. 2015, yes. And I, that was another one I was younger. Can't imagine. I can't remember exactly what it was. But anyway, smaller programs, they take wins like this. They go put them in their football facility. It's their Super Bowl. Yeah. And then so whenever you walk in their football facility, recruits are like, huh, remember we beat that team that's offered you, but whatever. Like, they're obviously, they're D1, whatever, but look, we can beat them. So it's big for South Carolina, and it's even bigger for App State. Yep. All right, we'll move on from South Carolina and to the biggest, most interesting, probably the biggest game of the, the year so far. Uh, what may be proved to be the biggest game other than the college football playoff, uh, three of those three games. Uh, number one in the AP poll, number two in the college football playoff poll, LSU, is going to uh, Alabama, um, going to Tuscaloosa, 
Bama's a six and a half point favorite. I first, what do you know about Tua? Ben, Tua Tua looks sounds like he's gonna play. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think there's. I think Saban is gonna play him. Um, I also watched a little bit of an ESPN film room today on on Alabama's offense, and I think Mac Brown being or not Mac Brown, Mac uh, Jones, yeah, whatever the kid's name is, the backup at Alabama. Uh, he can make decisions not as quick as Tua, but I mean, their receivers are so good that you are still looking at a very dangerous offense even without Tua. Which I mean, they put up fifty points last week, so uh, or two weeks ago, I guess, when, whenever they were on their last game. Um, I think Tua is ready to go, and you are going to have this. This game could potentially decide your national, your SEC champion. It's going to decide your SEC West champion, pretty much. Um, because I don't see LSU losing again if they beat Bama, and I don't see Bama losing again if they beat LSU other than to maybe Auburn for Alabama. Um, it's going to decide your SEC West champion. This is probably going to be your SEC champion. Um, LSU has already beaten Florida once, and uh, Bama, I think, would, would beat your Georgia's underperformed all year. Um, it could decide your SEC champion, and it could decide your Heisman trophy winner could decide your Maxwell award trophy winner which goes to the best offensive player uh, Davey O'Brien best quarterback um, can decide your national how your national semifinals are laid out with the seeding um, depending on really could decide that both of these teams get into the playoffs because uh, we'd probably see a rematch in the national semifinal and you're going to see uh, it, it could decide your national champion um in, or, or it could be a, this could tell you who's going to be a national champion this is the one of the biggest games that I can remember dating back to what was that three four years ago when LSU beat Alabama that's been longer than that that's been like nine years ago Tony beat him at Brian didn't yeah the six to nine game and then oh they, yeah that's where all the stars that was out. nine that's the last time Alabama or LSU beat Alabama that was nine, nine years ago yes yeah. I think it was 2010 yeah uh, and they went down to what the Superdome in New Orleans. Yep, yep, in yep. Alabama. Beat them for the national championship. Beat them for the national championship. Yep, that's right. That, yeah, that was 2010. Um, and this is the biggest game since then, and I think even in some ways even bigger just because you have two Heisman caliber quarterbacks, and I think whoever wins this game is going to be the Heisman Trophy winner. It was definitely – I could – either Heisman moment for Tua, you know how Jordan has the flu game – he has this injury, which, like I said, he's he's recovering. I'm not gonna say he's perfect, but he's all right. But I go out here and beat an undefeated LSU game, an undefeated LSU team with his injury. That's his Heisman moment. Yeah, for sure, and, and it's definitely Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Burrow's had, you know, he's got to have. Here's the thing with Joe Burrow versus a guy like, uh, I don't know. I can't say Justin Fields because they do play some good teams. Um, we'll 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 pick on Trevor Lawrence, who has had an underwhelming year. But in a difference, or we'll go back, you know, when, when Watson was at Clemson. Yeah. And they were playing good teams then in the ACC. But Joe Burrow's had the chance to have four or five Heisman game moments this year. I mean, if or Trevor Lawrence, even if he was as good as advertised this year, uh, which I think he will get back to next year, he has had zero opportunity to have a Heisman moment. I mean, even when they play the ACC championship, they're going to play some scrub, you know, 8-14. and 14. 
Um, you're not playing undefeated Alabama on the road. You're not playing Texas on the road uh, in a top ten matchup. You know, you're not playing a Florida defense. You're not playing an Auburn defense. You're playing Wake Forest. So, I, I, that, I mean, that's just how it goes for Burrow. He's had so many opportunities to really crush it this year. Um, I do think LSU will I – just, I just kind of believe that they will find a way to win this football game. I think this is the most different – most well-performing LSU team we have seen in – since maybe I don't know, even better than um, than than the Mad Hatters national champion team, probably since Nick Saban's two thousand three. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, national champion. This is the best LSU team uh, because the Mad Hatter team won, lost two games. So oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, one or two, you know, two games. So this is this is the best team, you know. And, and Coach O is saying it's the best team they've ever had, you know. And he's saying Burrow is best quarterback they've ever had. It's the best recruit LSU has ever had. Um, and I don't think he's wrong for saying that. I mean, it's unbelievable what he's done this year. And he threw for – he like beat the school record in touchdown passes seven games in. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just think that LSU is going to find a way to win this football game. But when I look at coaches, and I hate to say this because I love Coach O so much, but Nick Saban does not lose these games. No, Nick Saban does not. Usually they always open up the year, well, at least it used to be, because, like, a really good opponent. Nick Saban, like, you just pretty much bet on he's not losing these games. I think he kind of takes it as a competitive, like, okay, obviously this is a good program right here, but he's like, let me show you all we're Alabama. Take that approach to it. I I love the receivers in this game. Like, you got the – I keep calling them LSU duo, but they do have number six, Terrence Marshall, who is a, a, one, of the, a, one of the dominant receivers. In, I'm not saying college football, but definitely one of the better third options. And then you have the trio at Alabama. So, I'm loving it. I really – I like those teams with those rosters back, like, the 2010. I like the defenses, uh, defensive matchups, but, like, now I kind of like it more college football. is about scoring a lot of points. So I feel like fans will be thoroughly entertained by this game as well. I hope this game is three to nothing and what? it just ruins everyone's expectations. Oh, I, I hope the defenses come out and crush it. And there is nothing like more fun for me when we expect a shootout as fans and and media, and, and you think you're getting like the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. And how much everyone thought that game was boring. It's and the Patriots bringing a fullback and they just run it down. I the love edge. games to remind you that football is football. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's about you standing on the offensive line and looking the guy in the eye across the line from you and just beating him and just running the football and scoring any way you can. And there's a defensive player lining up and looking the offensive player in the uh, uh, offensive lineman in the eye and knowing that you were going to beat him every snap and stop that team from scoring. And I don't. I just love when football games remind you that people like to look at the offenses, but defenses control the games. So you'll take the Super Bowl over like that Kansas City. Who was that Kansas City Rams game last year? I think. I mean, the Rams game was far more entertaining, no right. doubt. But I and I can't say that I take one. Of the, I love them for two very different reasons. Yeah. I just. I. I just. I like when we're all surprised by a good defensive game. Okay. So, and, and I, I mean, I think it's fun. I'm sure all the defensive guys love it. Uh, if you ask Marcus, if this game's 6-3 to three and Monday, Marcus Spears is going to be sitting in the SEC uh, Network Studios just celebrating LSU's defense. Yeah, yeah, and most so, definitely. And Booger will be talking about it on Monday night. Um, but we're all expecting a shootout. I think that's what we're going to get. I think this game's going to be like 
42-35, something like that, 42-38. What are you thinking? Um, Even higher scoring than that, maybe? I'm, pro- I'm, sorry, I'm probably going to score like 28-35, something like okay. that. I think, But I do think that the defensive coordinators have kind of been, and head coaches probably too, have been preaching to both defensive teams in meetings that it's like, y'all, this is what they think of y'all this year. Like, this is the expectation of what the Alabama LSU defense. They just think that y'all are kind of just off this year, so they're going to leave it up to the offense. So I do think that they'll be highly motivated, and I think there'll be a lot of energy as far as, like, you know, let's say you make a tackle or a big hit, guys will be hopping around there. Just kind of prove that there's, like, they're still it's, they're still SEC defenses. Yeah. Um, the only thing I do, that I wish we had, I wish this game was in Baton Rouge, and I wish it was in night. Yeah, yeah. Because that is just the best environment in college football. And there's not a close second. Bama's good, but it's there's nothing like Death Valley on a Saturday night. You get that yellow glow from yeah. the huge LSU sun out on the side of the stadium behind the press box. I think they have Tiger Walk up there too, right? Yeah, and, and it is just insanely loud. And there's so many Louisianans, however you say that, people of Louisiana drunk out of their minds yeah just screaming everything in a language you can't understand at, at the football field and i mean it's amazing and coach o could not be a better just leader for lsu because he is one of them yeah so, truly and honestly you can he, tell him how he talks and stuff like that did you see after the auburn game him going over there complimenting the big offer Auburn yes. defensive lineman yeah two I guys think, he recruited yeah, yeah yeah that's what i was thinking the guys he recruited it's like he's i think the thing on twitter was like does anybody understand what he's saying but it's like it's great to see you could tell like although he was trying to beat them which he thinks end up doing it was like he's like great to see you guys he's like he actually really meant it versus you know yeah. a lot of times you oh, yeah. some pleasantries yeah yeah i think you see that in a lot that was i'm glad you brought that up that's really cool about Coach O because he's such a genuine dude and he's such a kid. Yeah. He's a child who just loves football and he's just stuck in this grown man's body who speaks a language that few of us understand and it's amazing. And he gets so excited about football and you see that like childish joy in his eye in every like interview that he does and I think that's why people love him so much and it's why I love him is because he loves football. And at the end of the day, like, he loves, like, the guys he's with. And he's not afraid. Like, he doesn't let the moment get too big for him to be him. Yeah. Like, Saban is a very different person. He's very professional. He, he might have spoken to guys that he's – or spoken to guys that he's recruited. Um, but it's not going to be that excited. And Saban's a different person. That's what makes Coach O'Sand apart is, like, he's that, like, giddy person. Like, he's – and it's really cool to watch, and that's why people are so just, like, attracted to his personality. It's amazing to watch. Um, and, I, frankly, I, I mean, I'm going to be rooting for LSU because of those kind of things. And, I, and I'm kind of, like, I am tired of seeing Alabama win. I do love watching greatness. Yeah. So it's the same thing with the Patriots. Like, at what point do you, yeah, people are fed up with them winning, but you have to realize, like, what kind of setting you're in you're watching the greatest thing of all time happen and i kind of root for greatness yeah um, appreciate the moments yes but i like i want lsu to win this game so bad because i i just they will be unreal in the college football playoff like coach o so many interviews with coach o that week that like just put them in just for that um so I, we'll I, see i think fans will go to the college football playoff just to watch lsu play oh yeah 
just to, like, I'm not even a fan. Go buy some yellow and white. I'm just going to go out there and watch them team play. And then also a lot of people want to see Grant, who I don't know how great of a season he's been having thus far, but he'll probably be a top 10 pick or whatever yep. the safety. So a lot of people want to go watch him in action. So you got LSU too as well, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm, yeah, in the social media, the thing you showed me, that just came Oh, yeah, we yeah we got to mention that. Yeah, Matthew and I had sat down right before the show. He walks in the studio and made him grab a seat. And the LSU hype video just dropped. And Shaq narrates. Yes. Unreal. If you haven't seen it, go to LSU Football's Twitter. I think it's at LSU Football. Yeah. Um, or maybe LSU FB. The shaky camera as the bus is pulling up. Like, it's so oh, LSU. It's incredible. It's great. They, they do a great job every week, but this one is just spectacular. Um, a little two, three-minute video on their high video for the week. It was incredible. Um, we'll move on from that one. By the way, 3.30 on CBS, by the way. Uh, number five, Clemson's going to NC State. They're 33 and a half, or 33-point favorites. I don't have much to say about that. It's gonna, they probably will win by 34. I, I'll say they might win by 60 because I feel like <laughs> yeah. what's going to happen here is now that – I saw somebody say it on Twitter. It's so wonderful. I saw somebody say it on Twitter. They're like, rest in peace to the rest of Clemson opponents because now they feel like they have to show every opponent – they have to show they're that much better. Before, Dabble might have taken out the first string, you know, early on, get them guys some rest. But it's like, no, I need to start beating these teams 77-7 to 7 so you all understand how good we are, truly. So maybe that might also give Trevor Lawrence some more uh, chances to throw interceptions. But I think they're going to stay in the game a little bit longer now. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. Um, well, Mizzou at number six, Georgia. Georgia's a 16.5-point favorite. Georgia's not the number six team in the country. Um, Why do you think they give them the ranking? I, I'm, I'm tired of pretending like Georgia's good. I think Georgia's a great team, but it's I can't be critical of Clemson and their schedule and not be critical of Georgia. Georgia's played a much tougher schedule, no no doubt. But Georgia's scraped by every team that they have played. Yeah. They lost to South Carolina, who was 4-5, and five, and a bottom feeder in the SEC. Um, they aren't getting punished for their loss at all, really. Uh, they wouldn't be in the top four if they were undefeated, I think. I think they might be ahead of Clemson. Yeah. Um, and maybe Penn State, but they wouldn't be ahead of LSU or Bama if they had scraped by South Carolina. You don't score until the third or fourth quarter against Kentucky um, in the rain, and you barely beat Notre Dame, who came down south in the most electric, one of the most electric environments in football, uh, one of the most electric environments I've seen in a long time. Yeah, and you scrape by, scrape past them, and then Notre Dame goes on to get blown out by Michigan um, because they're a terrible team and they're not good at football. Um, I, I just can't give keep giving Georgia credit every week when you really look at who they've played and how they've played them. I mean, they didn't they beat Tennessee by 30. It's Tennessee. Yeah. That's a team you should have beat by 65 points. You know, and you scrape by Florida who you have three years more, like you have three years more of a program than, than Mullen has right there. Um, and, and I just, Florida, Florida didn't deserve to win that game by any means. They didn't play well enough to win. But I don't think George is really any better than Florida right now. I, I really don't. Um, and, and it's, I don't know. I, I've been waiting for Georgia to wake up all year. It's the same thing I was saying about Clemson until right after they almost lost to UNC and it snapped them out of it. But Georgia has had plenty of chances for them to snap out of it. Almost losing to Notre Dame should have snapped you out of it. 
almost or should have motivated you to continue. I don't say you can't say snap out against a top ten team. Losing to South Carolina at halftime should have snapped you out. Yeah, of it. yeah. Um, Kentucky game should have snapped you out of it, and, and you just. I mean, they they've. I can't sit here and say they haven't underperformed because they absolutely have. And right now, I I don't care to see Georgia in the college football playoff because I don't think they. I don't think they'd earn the right to be on the same field as Ohio State, LSU, Bama, Penn State, or Clemson. I just don't. Yeah, especially um, like when they've slipped, slipped, walked through the season. What's weird about this year, if Georgia would probably play an SEC championship game, it's like they'll wake up and they'll be in an SEC championship game. They and will. Usually it's like they don't. if you don't play that well, you don't usually end up in that game. That's why that Florida loss was – I mean, that, their win against Florida was so big. Because I almost right now would prefer to see Florida in that game. I, I agree with you. Than to see Georgia in there like just, oh, we're in the, like when they were hugging at the game, I'm like they haven't really earned that. And I know that's probably going to be their ticket to the SEC championship. But, yeah, so that's something I saw. I think Florida has – the potential to to make a bigger splash than Georgia does. Yeah, they have more ceiling and they have a lower floor. Uh, but I, I I agree with you a lot. I would I would rather see Florida in the SEC championship game. Um, which at the beginning, you know, if you go back and listen to the episodes of the first from the first of the year of the lead block, you will hear me criticize Florida because yeah. I didn't think they were good, and they proved it to me that they were good. And then they did. I mean, they underperformed against. Uh, Georgia last week, which sucks for them, but I would rather see their defense in in the SEC championship game right now than Georgia kind of schlub through it and maybe make it a game. I, I don't. I don't. Georgia hasn't shown me any signs that they're going to make this like a, a legitimate game against LSU or Bama. I, I think whoever it is out of the West is going to blow Georgia out of the water. Yeah, because Georgia still struggles about throw the ball downfield. Like, that's still something they're trying to work out there. And it's like, I think that you can't Florida, be working out things in November. Yeah, that that's no longer a thing. It's time to execute at this point. I think that LSU-Florida game, really, I mean, yeah, LSU-Florida game, that kind of really woke me up to what Florida was doing there. Yeah. I'd made me kind of become more of a fan. But also, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm really with you. In this Missouri-Georgia game, that's just, uh, yeah. Kelly Bryant has said he was 75% with the hamstring. The coach said, I think it was yesterday, if it was if they played yesterday, that he wouldn't be playing. But Kelly says about seventy five percent. So hopefully after the Georgia, I think he, he wants to be on the field. Yeah, if Georgia's defensive line here is this go after him, he's seventy five percent. You know Kelly Bryant depends I a lot think on Kelly's his played Georgia before too, right? I, think, I believe his freshman year at Clemson, they they played. Uh, that might have been Watson's last year, but I'm pretty sure they played Georgia yeah. at home. Uh, yeah. Kelly Bryant's freshman year, and, and beat Georgia. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be in. I mean, I took it's in my picks of the week. I, I took Mizzou plus sixteen and a half. Uh, I, I just I don't see Jordan. They've shown me no signs of like they're going to be a team to beat Missouri by seventeen points. Some interesting uh, lines around the SEC. Kentucky is a one point favorite at home against Tennessee. If you had to guess, I'll ask both of you, producer Brendan too. It, if you had to, if you had to guess what Tennessee's, do you know what Tennessee's record is offhand? Like three wins. But four wins. They're at four. They're four and five. Yeah. They're two games away from a bowl. Two wins. Started off bowl the game. season as a laughing stock they are, of the country, and they almost turned it around. This team is gonna go to a bowl game. Yeah. They have Vanderbilt, and they win Saturday against Kentucky, or I guess tomorrow as you're listening to this. They win. They beat Kentucky tomorrow. You're looking at a 
at a bowl team. When I, this was a team I might I thought might win two games after they lost to BYU. Yeah, you know, Georgia two State. Two weeks in Georgia a row. State, yeah. Well, Georgia State at the beginning of the year, I thought it could have been a fluke and they could have answered it maybe won seven games. But, I mean, they could still win seven games. It's crazy. So, I mean, that's crazy. I, I looked at that today as I was going through and just kind of setting every my lineup for the show, and I was like, Tennessee has four wins. Like they've they've turned it around. So since they lost to BYU, they're four and they're four and three with a loss to number six Georgia. What do you think caused them to get going? I don't. I think they just woke up. I think that Alabama game, whenever at first they were the first yeah, time they played they really lost, well. They have a loss to Georgia and Alabama, two of the top six teams in the country. Yeah, and they still. I mean, they should have really won those two games, and they would they would have been. They would be ranked right now. Yeah, so once they saw the other, we could play it, and they, then South Carolina gave them the ultimate confidence yep. boost because I could beat the SEC team by 20, and they've been going up since then. Yep. Uh, I mean, I was just surprised by that. So Kentucky's favored by one point at home against Tennessee. We'll see if Tennessee's going to make something of the season. I mean, I think fans would be just utterly, like, just – Elated, yeah. If they, they make a bowl game, and they would go into next year with a lot of confidence. Yeah, like, yo, we can do it. Now it's about executing. Absolutely, they played great football since week three, or good football since week three. Outside of Georgia, they didn't play that well. Um, I mean, they what was it thirty three to three or something. But yeah, I mean that just shocked me. Also, Arkansas is at home against an SEC team at home against Western Kentucky. The Hilltoppers <laughs> is a one point favorite. I'm surprised they're a favorite at this point. Yeah. Arkansas, this is – I'm, pre, I'm pretty sure Chad Morris is on his way out. Yeah. It's so sad. I, maybe he goes someplace, comes an offense coordinator, shows he still has it and gets a chance probably at a lesser program as a head coach again. But, yeah, this might be out for See, a See, here's the thing. You get the leash when you beat teams like, you know, you beat the teams you are supposed to beat, the out-of-conference teams. You have a weak out-of-conference schedule, beat them. Yeah. When you lose to San Diego State at home and you're a one-point favorite to Western Kentucky – and I mean, it's a toss-up if they win or not. I, you're on, if they lose this game, I, he's probably fired before he gets to the locker room. Yeah, didn't that happen? The what, what was their head coach? Uh, one of the guys. I think that after the bowl game, Bilma. Yeah, the, Bilma. Uh, the booster told him on his way into the locker room, like yeah. this is your last game. Brett Bilma. Yeah, also, crazy. Remember when uh, Lane Kiffin got fired from Southern Cal on the runway after they <laughs> lost to Arizona State? Arizona, or Arizona State. They were coming back from Arizona. Uh, it, Lane Kevin gets to the runway and gets he's fired as soon as he gets off the jet. It's just, <laughs> just hilarious. Um, yeah, that move, Lane Kiffin, that'll take us into this topic real quick. We'll cover it quickly. Uh, Willie Taggart, uh, we didn't get to talk about it the other day because it happened after. Did we talk about it? I don't think we talked about it. Uh, Taggart out at Florida State. And um, here's the real thing I want to talk about. I've seen it on Twitter all week. Florida State fans, you think your job, you think the Florida State job is so much better than it is right now. Yeah. You're telling me that anyone's looking and they're saying, Florida State, here's a team where I can go play, you know, you're coaching in the ACC. Uh, so you're seeing the struggles that Clemson has. Yeah, you're going to have to you're going to have to play Davos Clemson team every year. And you're both in the Atlantic too. Yep, in the same division. So you're not going to get any credit for your schedule and you're going to have to play one of the toughest teams in the country every year, or in a team that's had sustained success at Clemson, mind you, uh, not just a one-shot wonder here. Um, and you're not going to get any credit for the rest of your schedule. You're playing in a stadium that a team that has struggled the last three years now. 
god awful the last two. Uh, and they've got a lot of the boosters have a lot of like they they want wins now. They're they're you're dealing with anxious southern boosters. Um, who haven't won anything in a while now. Yep, they you're getting a short leash to start with. You you think your job is desirable? And not even that. The Florida State brand has been very diminished. Yep. I mean, they just won a national championship five years ago. Yep. And, and this they have different. fallen so far. I don't think a team fallen this far. I can I don't remember a team falling this far. I said they left the national championship. I mean, Texas five years after they won theirs was back at another one. And then five years later, maybe they've you know, they were pretty bad here a couple of years ago. But I I mean, Texas is still Texas. Texas can do these things. Florida State cannot do these no, things. No, yeah. Especially right now. I mean, there's just too many contracts. P.J. Flack, one of the earliest guys to get mentioned for this job, uh, he just signed a seven-year extension at Minnesota. Good for P.J. I think that's a good fit there. Yeah. Um, and you, I saw today that like Florida State fans thinking they're going to get James Franklin from Penn State. Why, <laughs> why would you he leave think there? about what you just said? Why would James Franklin, a man who had success at Vanderbilt, leave Vanderbilt, go to Penn State, and can become the new and clean Joe Paterno. Yeah. Those fans are going to love you. Because those people in that area love Penn State football. That is all that they have. Yeah. It is all they have. You're you're the team of your state. And you're, I mean, you're, I would argue Penn State's fan base kind of leaves Pennsylvania. You get some in New York and the... Definitely. Yeah, and, and uh, other places there. And then you have, like, where you're in the Big Ten with a legit conference uh, where you have an undefeated team who's ranked in the top four right now and you just had a really good team last year and your teams are getting better every year. Penn State is one of the best fan bases in the country, which we just said. One of the best environments in the country. A stadium that holds way more than Doe Campbell's does. Um, you got whiteouts. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're in one of the best environments in college football. I I would leave Florida State to go to Penn State yeah, right now. Yeah, that's the I, I don't. I don't Penn State, Florida State from Penn State is not an upgrade. Um, I mean, you're Jesus as a coach <laughs> at Penn State, you know, in, in in that community. And I, I was, I just saw that this week, and I was just flabbergasted by that, it. And Florida State, and, and you were, you can get a good coach because you have a good job, uh, a good school, but Florida State's not a top ten job. Florida State thinks they're a top five job. Yeah. You're a top twenty five job in the country, maybe. Right now, maybe top thirty. Um, I, you're gonna have to get someone who's a little unproven. Yeah, because the which thing, is what they had to do with Taggart. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, is like uh, so many places I go here. When they really want, what is it, Bob Stoops? That's yeah. who there, but he's that's out. not happening. Yeah, he's yeah. out. Uh, I think the best thing they, they could s- go after Mark. We'll stop. I'm gonna stop. Yeah, right. Mark Stoops. They should go after Mark because he was Kentucky. a defensive coordinator at Florida State before he got yeah. the head coaching job. I think, and he would. He seemed to be. Well, he has built Kentucky. He got Kentucky to a New Year's Six Bowl last year. Yeah, Kentucky. You know how hard it is to recruit there. Yeah, Florida State's got the brand with recruits still. And the state of Florida. I mean, is. you still got Dion. Yeah. So, <laughs> throw a Florida State jersey on him and have him go to some kid's mom's house with you. Kid will go to school if Dion shows up in his living room. And you'll be motivated, too, after listening to him talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so him, and I also heard, I think it was Danny Cannell, he was saying, just give the whole Jesus Clemson Christ. offensive court. Just get the whole Clemson uh, coaching staff a call. Yeah. Being Tony Elliott, uh, Brent Venables, 
or what's the other guy's name? Jeff Scott, who's dead. Bar- yeah, Jeff, Jeff Scott is a legitimate candidate, I would say. Here's the thing about Venables. Venables has had so many opportunities. I thought Venables was going to be gone six yeah. years ago. I really think he likes it at Clemson and likes Dabo, and he's making enough money, and he just likes where he's at. I don't think he's going to leave. Yeah, he gets to basically just control defense out of the ball, still make over a million dollars. Yeah. And then his son plays on the team. Now he's a linebacker, 15. Yeah. Jake. And then he has another son who's a safety that plays quarterback at Daniel High School. The kid's insane. Yeah, I, I don't see Venables being the guy who's going to leave. I mean, he's worth a call. Yeah. No doubt. I think Venables will go with, to, with Dabo when Dabo goes to Alabama in three or four years once Nick Saban retires. Um, you think Dabo eventually land there? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, did you? I don't know how much you've read into his contract with Clemson, but his his Dabo, you know how a coach has to a coach also has to buy out of his contract. Usually, the school he's going to does that for him. Dabo's buyout goes up like another three million dollars if he leaves Clemson for Alabama. What they yeah the boosters and the, the boosters in that school know he will take that job when it comes to, and the fact that that's going to deter Alabama from trying to go after Dabo whenever Nick Saban leaves. I don't know, he's going to Bama at some point in his career, unless, you know, barring just something ridiculous. Um, but, but yeah, yeah I, I think Venables is going to stay until he goes there. And I think Venables may just take over at Clemson. Um, I, I really just think he likes it there. And, I, I mean, I, Florida State, the job is just not as good as people think it is. Yeah, I think then, It's really gone downhill. And to give credit to that, then with Mark Stoops, he, since he's been there, especially in the glory days, he'd probably be like, okay, like while it's not necessarily the best job, he'd be like, okay, I know what it could be. It's better than Kentucky. Yeah. No doubt. That's yeah. a step up. But you're taking, asking for James Franklin, he's taking two steps back. Yeah. He's having to rebuild a program that's not as good of a program as Penn State is right now. And he doesn't want to just keep on rebuilding programs just for the no. heck of it, for sure. No. And, and, I mean, he's got he's done a fantastic job at Penn State with everything off the field he's had to deal with. He is a role model human being, um, or seems to be. And, I mean, he, he's just been unbelievable. I don't see, see that at all. Uh I mean, I don't think at Florida State you had to take a chance with Billy Taggart two years ago. I, I think I think Florida State thinks that they're invin- invincible, and they never thought Jimbo would leave. Yeah. And Jimbo left because everyone wants to coach in the SEC. I mean, I don't outs, – outside of the SEC right now, the only good coaching – the only good, really good coaching jobs in the country are Penn State, Ohio State, Wisconsin's not even there, um, but they have a good coach, Paul Chris. But they they always have to like anoint someone. They can't yeah. just like go get a coach. Um, Notre Dame, possibly, and Texas, and who also struggled, and Oklahoma, and Clemson. Yeah. I, outside of the SEC, those are the schools. I mean, Southern Cal is struggling to get a coach, and you think you're going to get in LA, in a team in a league where you can be the team. And still have a legitimate schedule, you know, legitimate enough. Yeah. They're struggling to find a coach. I mean, Clay Elton's struggling right now with the team and he's they've they have they've been through it since Pete Carroll left. Really have been looking to find the next Pete Carroll and just have not been and it's crazy, I always think it's like they are literally want Urban Meyer so bad. Urban Meyer is oh, like yeah. already done decline and it's just like yeah, why we'll can't see. we get you to do it? You yeah. think he might still end up there? I yeah, I mean, I think so. He's just Urban Urban's not done yet. Um We'll move on from, from Willie Taggart and Florida State fans being dumb. Uh, Penn State, speaking of Penn State, minus 6.5 at Minnesota. We'll roll quickly. Noon on, noon on ABC. 
Uh, like I said, PJ Fleck just signed that seven-year extension this week, which I th- would have higher hopes for Minnesota. But I know for a fact, since PJ Fleck signed that extension, Minnesota will get blown out. So bet on this. That is gambling 101. Bet on put a billion dollars on Penn State minus six and a half. I was just they don't about stand to ask chance. You. Yeah, because I haven't watched any Minnesota all year, so I don't really know what to expect. I watched Penn State. Really I watched Penn State. I know they're a good team, but oh, yeah. I always figure Penn State would end up winning. Yeah, I mean, I think Penn State by 16, 17 points. You saw they announced the Penn State, oh, Ohio State game is going to be like at noon or 3.30. Ever since Foxes came to the picture, we're getting a lot more of these they new still, Big Ten I'm games. pretty sure it's still a rule in the Big Ten that you cannot play night games in November because That's, of the weather. That is depressing. So that's kind of always been the case. If you look back at all the Michigan-Ohio uh, State games, they're all at noon. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh-huh. I, I think that rule still exists. Um, and, and Fox also, they don't have to compete with the SEC at noon. Yeah, so, that's why they push the Big Ten so much as well. Yeah, it, but I do like waking up to some Big Ten football. So it, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, got to get you started. For the yeah, day. It, gets you, it gets a real manly start to the day, some nice gritty Big Ten football. Um and other Big Ten matchup this week, number 18, Iowa, going to Camp Randall, number 13, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I don't know how Minnesota is ranked four spots behind a two-loss Wisconsin team at this point. It's just disrespectful. It is disrespectful. And Minnesota's undefeated. Yeah, I know, like, right? <laughs> and Wisconsin lost to Illinois. I do think Wisconsin's a better team. We'll find out here in a couple of weeks. I, actually, I don't know if they're a better team. I'd put them right on the same level. I would have put Minnesota one spot above Wisconsin. I tell you what, fan people in the uh, and I love Wisconsin. I don't. I feel like I've been hating on Wisconsin a lot this show. I absolutely love Wisconsin football. <laughs> you like the Badgers? I yeah, think people in the Big Ten are going to appreciate Ohio State showing what you have to do in order to at least give uh, your team a chance against Ohio State, get some pressure on Justin Fields. So that's something I'm sure everybody took from the film. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Big Twelve games that are interesting this week. Uh, number twelve Baylor is. Uh, Two and a half point. Wait, yeah, I think Baylor's a two and a half point favorite. Let me look. That I'm up. rooting for Baylor to go undefeated, beat Oklahoma. Uh, they're, anyway, they're in Fort Worth at TCU. We'll come back to that one. Kansas State, number sixteen. Kansas State is at Texas. Uh, Texas is a seven point favorite. Um, yeah. Okay. Texas is a seven point favorite at home against number sixteen Kansas State. I I'm about to get to it, but I I don't think I don't think Texas is gonna win this football game. After losing to TCU, yeah, and yeah. they have not looked. Their defense has looked terrible lately, and Ellinger's looked not great. And they've, I mean, they've struggled on accuracy on the offensive side of the ball, and the defense couldn't. I mean, the defense can't stop anything right now. It's always funny to see every because of Sam Ellinger. Whenever he said the whole spill on Texas is back, it's like every single time they lose, somebody throws that on Twitter. You know, everybody in Austin. I mean, everybody in Texas hates Texas besides Texas, and so everybody kind of throws that in their face. Kansas State looked really good against Oklahoma, and so I'm gonna go ahead. I, I'm hoping Kansas State wins this game. So we'll um, yeah, I got it. By the way, Baylor is a two and a half point favorite at TCU. Uh, that'll be an interesting game. To, to say the least. I need um, Baylor to win out. Yep. We'll go into my picks of the week real quick. I got Boston College minus two and a half at home over Florida State um, just because Florida State sucks. And Baylor, I got I took them minus two and a half at TCU. I took both of these games in the Big 12 this week. Baylor minus two and a half on the road uh, in Fort Worth at TCU. Beautiful place, by the way. TCU is just amazing. Fort Worth is amazing. Love the cult. Like that whole kind of culture around TCU. It's crazy. It's the same thing with SMU. Yeah. Which I, this, like, 
you know, you feel like you need to walk in with a big cowboy hat and like just a pair of like, <laughs> boots and spurs on. It, it's it's great. It's a it's just a different world. TCU is it's so and there those two schools are so different from every other like Texas school. Even you just feel more like I don't know. You, you just it's a little little rough and it's kind of like you can feel that this used to be a small towns team but now they're a big cities team and they're still kind of overlooked they're still a little wait so you're saying TCU's like that was other school oh yeah SMU in Dallas and TCU in Fort Worth yeah Yeah. Uh, and then Kansas State I took them plus 230 money line at Texas I I just Texas is favored by 7 points like we said I I just I feel like Kansas State's going to win this football game Texas hasn't shown me lately that they can win this game. Um, I mentioned earlier Missouri plus 16.5 at UGA. And even though I love to hate them, Notre Dame minus 8 on the road at Duke. Mark that down. I think Notre Dame's got Duke at le- by at least 10. Um, so that's BC minus 2.5, Baylor minus 2.5, Kansas State money line, Missouri plus 16.5, Notre Dame minus 8. Uh, and all right, so we'll go on from there. Matt. We got high school playoffs. It's going to be, first of all, we'll wrap up college football. What, I mean, this is, the next three weeks are about to be amazing. This slate this weekend, unreal. And there are so many good games left. Yeah, it's like you really, you just turn your channel, turn channel, whatever, you're going to catch a good game on. Oh, yeah. And especially you get to, you know, rivalry weekend and things like that. It's like, oh yeah, stay on, no weddings. We're locked in. you're going out to high school football playoff game this week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Lower Richland High School is in the playoffs, so that rarely happens. So if you're anywhere near the Hopkins right? and stuff, no, 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 that's, that's where I live school. by, though. If you're okay. anywhere near there, go to the game because it might be one of the last for 10 years. But uh, <laughs> I'll be heading out to Airport versus Colleton County. One thing I absolutely, Why not County there? I absolutely hate is that, like, these three and seven teams are in the playoffs. Like, I feel like you should have to win, like, five games or so, but I know it's all based on, like, the regions or whatever. So, yeah, so that's going to head out to uh, Dutch Fork. I feel like Dutch Fork's probably going to win another state championship this year. Don't know about South Point. South Point's won a lot, but we'll see what happens. But, yeah, so I'll be out at this Carlton County versus Airport game, and I'll give you all the information on me Sunday for y'all Monday. Monday, yeah. Monday, Monday. Monday. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting to get some high school football playoffs. I think we're trying to plan a, plan a game to go to. Dutch Fork. Thanks, As a group, yep, go see Dutch Fork, get out in the uh, in the local scene here. Um, yeah, they they've got. I mean, there's so much talent right here in Columbia on the football field. Um, it, it's it's good. I mean, it's something good to pay attention to. Um, I think that's all I got. You got anything else? Oh uh, no. Nah. Well, I mean, we're gonna talk a little about the NBA. Kawhi Leonard. Sitting out games and folks are not excited about. Oh yeah, that. I saw that. Yeah, the what load management? Load so, management. He yeah. said that he said they say that he said before he signed, he's only playing sixty games a season. That's what it is. Now I can understand why fans are upset because it's like, yo, okay, if Paul George was back, that's understandable. Because okay, I can still go watch Paul George, but the Kawhi stand on what he's what he's doing. He won a championship with it. And I don't think he's really gonna change anything, and he don't really care what the fans think. To no, he. Season. I don't think he. He doesn't care what anyone thinks. I don't think. But they, people say this is why you love the NFL. It's just like they show up every week. Besides, sometimes you have like that last game of the season, you know, where if you if you know your playoffs, you don't really worry about it as much. It's creeping in the NFL now too. Look at look at Jalen Ramsey. I mean, saying demanding a trade and then yeah. saying like uh, taking paternity leave or whatever, just saying his his girlfriend's pregnant or saying his back hurts or whatever he said. Whenever you know. Le'Veon Bell did it for that season, I was like, hmm, it's gonna be see how everybody else. It's, it's creeping in. Yeah. Hopefully, it didn't get too much. Like I said, we love that about the uh, we love that about the NBA game. Also, back to college football for a quick second. 
Joel Klatt. He says he's in the room. Clatt, with, yeah. yeah, he's in a room with a lot of top guys, and oh, he's yeah. saying the playoff will be expanding. Because he says what's happening here is the Pac-12 has nothing to like sell their program on to sell like joining the Pac-12 or their revenue anymore because they're never involved in it, so they're yeah. gonna have to expand it. So he said, look for I, that next four years. I agree. I think they're locked into the four teams for like till 2025, I yep. believe. Um, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought I, I thought they should have started with six and done. I see. I want. We'll, we'll talk about this going forward, like yeah. when we get more close to that time. But my idea has always been make the conference championship a point of emphasis, uh, emphasis, because in every other league and every other sport, you have to win something to get into the playoffs. Yeah, and like it's just all just selection. We're just picking teams, right? You don't have to win your conference championship to get into a playoff. Alabama won two years ago. They didn't win their their conference championship. Georgia did. Yeah, and they ended up winning a national title. Um, I, I eventually want to see. If you're a if you were a Power Five conference champion, I want to see you in the playoff. And yeah. then we have a few at largest. I don't think that's I think that's kind of the happy medium there. Um, we'll, we'll get to that later down the road. But yeah, that is interesting. I'm glad you glad you brought that up. Um, and well, look, college basketball started this week. Michigan State first time they've ever been ranked. Which Brendan and I talked about the other night, which surprised me. Uh, it was the first time they've ever been ranked preseason number one. Michigan State. Really? Yeah. You think about the history that they've had, especially with Izzo over the last, what, 15 years or so. Um, first time they've ever been ranked preseason number one. Not going to last long, seeing as how they lost. Um, <laughs> Couldn't handle it. Yeah. And who was, uh, what, Duke beat Kansas as well. Big Monday night. We were talking about it a lot the other night. We love how it, the the fir- very first night of their sport, there's just – giant matchups. Matchups that we aren't getting to in college football until week, what is it, 11? Yeah. You know, one versus two. And I get you can't have one one versus two in football. is not the same as one versus two in basketball because you have 30, 40 games or whatever it is in basketball. So you can work that in. But, yeah, it, it's, I mean, this is really, they, I think they've done a great job over the last several years of basketball. Kind of, I mean, that's happened the last four or five years now. Really yes. cool. It's a whole opening night experience. Also, because of the way basketball works, you have so many one and done to the top programs. It's like whenever you see that first night, it's kind of you get to see your favorite high school basketball player play at the college or the collegiate level for the first time. It's like welcome to college basketball. I also think like in basketball, it's a little different because the t- turnover is high in college sports, no matter what, just because it maxes you up forty years, um, which is something we talked about I think a couple of weeks ago when we had Maddie in. Yeah. Uh, you, but in basketball particularly, guys being in and out. You, your team's going to be ranked, what, three, four, whatever. You, no one knows what your team's going to look like. Literally. Until you start playing, other than a select group of analysts, like a John Rothstein from CBS or someone, but Dickie V. Yeah. You know, it was great to have Dickie V, Dickie v back on the yeah. I love it. <laughs> uh, but... But the blue trips, like Duke, you don't North know Carolina, what your team is going to look. You like. have no idea. So it's like, okay, this is the team that will play in March Madness. It's like let's start to learn them every single year. Yeah. Year and then also because of basketball, once you get to the NBA, you have the huge. So you see, Zion was once an opening day guy. Now he's in the NBA. So it's like, who's going to be our next opening day guy? And it just keeps going like that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's all we got for this edition of the Lead Block. We would like to remind you that this has been a production of Garnet Media, and we would also like to say a special thank you to Ben Sound for our intro and outro music. Um, we would like to tell you to go follow the show uh, on Twitter and Instagram at the lead underscore block. Go follow Matthew at Matt the Chosen One with the number one. Uh, myself on Twitter at Tyler Walters CNR. Uh, go follow the show on Spotify. 
make sure you you are subscribed on iTunes. Uh, go rate, review. Um, I saw some Verizon, phones in the Verizon store this week getting subscribed to the lead block. Uh, I'm not going to say where I saw that, but that was good. Uh, keep doing that. I don't know. Walk around the Apple store and the malls. Make sure all of them are subbed. Um, tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your dad. Tell everyone. Listen. Uh, also, get at us with questions on our social media. Um, that's something we would love to do. And I think that's all we got for this week. Matthew, you got any last words? Nah, man, that's it. going to be a great week in college football. We will see you Monday.